Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Caster, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, did you miss me? Pretty nice weather happened today, Adam, huh? I see you're already dodging the subject. <laughs> no, I hope uh, I hope you had a very easy fast, and um, it's good to have you back. That's good to be back. I, nice. I, I will say, maybe I'll give you a bone here. I miss you being the host. How about that? Okay. Yeah, I mean, trying to make up transitions for between segments is kind of annoying when you're doing it on the fly. See, I think I did it pretty well, but there's just something about your creative flavor that was definitely lacking yesterday when I was trying yeah. to uh, fill in the uh, the host's uh, shoes. But obviously, thank you, Chris, for uh, for for coming on and filling in. And uh, now we have now we have some waivers to talk about. And what is a? It's not a big week, is it? No, thankfully, there haven't been as many injuries as there were last week. I mean, it would be unbelievable if there were. I think it really depends on what your team is looking like as to whether or not it's a massive week and what's on your waiver wire. But um, we'll get to that for sure. Well, before we get into that, we have a very, very, very big bit of news. And that is that uh, whoever had week three in their, in their pool as to when the NFL would, uh, would have a, a five-letter V-word outbreak, then congratulations. You win. Tough. You win and we all lose. Because uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Minnesota Vikings – have uh, between them six positive tests, and they've both closed their facilities. And as you, as you're aware, they played on Sunday, so makes the most sense that they would be the teams that uh, that would get this. But I, I don't know. This whole thing, I don't think that they got it from playing each other. Is the thing. I think this is more because it takes like a week or so to really, you know, the, to set in the, the symptoms. A week or a couple days, depends. So this could, I think if you're, if you're like the Jaguars, who the Titans played uh, two weeks ago, or if you're the Colts, who the Vikings played two weeks ago, then I think I would be worried as well. And then the teams that they played, like, uh, like the Jets and the Dolphins, so this is this has the potential to kind of be a bit of a uh, a chain reaction in the NFL, where you have all the teams that you think that have been in relative contact with the with these other teams, thinking, well, we need to be that much more scrutinous of our of our testing and that much more careful because we don't know if we could have gotten anything while we were. Uh, while we were playing these teams or even in contact with these teams. I think the NFL was definitely prepared for this. Uh, I would assume that. I'd be shocked if there weren't. Yeah. But. Yeah. I mean, there has to be some sort of plan in place now. Um, obviously, you know, when you're looking at the fantasy ramifications of this, uh, 
you know, if you are looking way past the, just the basic human element of this, um, you know, the human part comes first, obviously, but just looking past that for a moment, you're looking at the fantasy aspect of all of this and what can come out of it. There's a very real chance that the games that the Vikings will play on Sunday and the Titans will play versus the Houston Texans for the Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers for the uh, Tennessee Titans, that those games are, are canceled or postponed or anything like that. So it, as we move on in the week, it's very, very important to keep an eye out, uh, definitely have a backup plan ready to go in case you're without someone like Dalvin Cook or David Johnson or Adam Thielen or Derrick Henry, Juju, James Conner, Big Ben. Uh, it's, it's very important to you know that you have a backup plan that you could go and start if needed, uh, especially this week when you have two games now that are really, really in jeopardy of just not being played at all. The interesting uh, this, thing about this, this is just a hunch. Yeah. This is just a hunch. I'm just right. saying. Um, I don't I have not heard anything concrete about whether these games are in jeopardy or not, but one can only assume. The interesting thing about this is um, it's a lot harder to make up games for football yeah. just because it's once a week. You know, baseball stuff happens all the time, rainouts, um, wet, inclement weather, coronavirus outbreaks. And they play every single day. So you can just do a doubleheader or multiple doubleheaders over a weekend. Right. Mm -hmm. But for football, I think the last time that we really had a problem with a game being canceled was the Dolphins and the Bucks. Uh, I think that was two years ago. Yeah. With, um, or three years ago. Which hurricane was it? Was it Irene? Yeah, I think it – no, Irene is Long Island. No, what the hell? Which hurricane was it? doesn't matter. It was, doesn't a, matter. It was a hurricane. It was yes, inclement it was weather. They couldn't play. Yes. And so basically it was kind of shitty for them because they had a week one bye, but then they had to play 16 straight games because they played during their mutual bye week. And I don't know if, if something like this happens where the Titans and Steelers and Vikings and Texans don't play – if or how they're going to make up these games and what they're going to do about it. But I, I would assume that the NFL has some, some sort of contingency in place. I think that maybe they'll have, I don't know, I guess my one thought, like maybe they can have a game on Saturday, like a, like a makeup week. Like the only thing that I could potentially think of is that they move by weeks and they move the schedule around Yeah, where, you know, they, maybe have a provision in the schedule this year that, you know, things are subject to change and, you know, they could make the bye weeks, you know, somewhat well, move around something like that. I, I, I really don't know I what think the, the end, NFL could do about it. At the end, at like the last part of the schedule, I think the last four games, because I remember looking at this for the Jets, their last couple of games against like the Rams, the Browns and the Bills, all the times are TBD. So I think yep. that, I mean, they might, they might switch it around to, to later in the season, but I, I don't know. It's remotely possible. It, it, it definitely is. But um, I think but, that we'll probably get more info on this on Friday, that we'll yeah. be able to talk about this more in depth on Friday. 
But anyway, let's move on to something happier because last night's game was really, really cool. The Monday night game between the, uh, the Ravens and the Chiefs. Yeah, how bad did ESPN look for everybody picking the Ravens? <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, that, was not even, that wasn't even a game. That was just Kansas City right from the word go. You know, I read somebody on Twitter said, I'm genuinely afraid of what the Chiefs will do to the Jets because they, they're playing this year. Yep. Oh, I know. I'm playing against Patrick Mahomes in week eight. So, yeah. It, I, I'm genuinely afraid because the Chiefs look, once again, they look unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, there, did you see the stat that Patrick Mahomes is unbeaten in the month of September in his career and has thrown no interceptions in September in his career? It's and like thirty something touchdown crazy. passes. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it really just comes down to who the hell is going to beat the Chiefs. Who who could that be? I mean, yep. loving every minute of it. Just because yeah. it's not that other team up north, two hundred miles away. That's not no not everybody. Well, they're in a, they're in a better spot. They're in a better spot than the Jets are. And they are. They are. And they were able to sign a quarterback that no none of the thirty one other teams wanted. And he's looking pretty good. That's true. So I would even say he looks better than Sam Darnold. I mean, I would love to see how Cam Newton will perform with Adam Gaze making him stand That's in the pocket true. forever. I can't I can't argue that. Yeah. I, I will say that. But, uh, yeah, so Patrick Mahomes looked great. Five total touchdowns for Mr. Mahomes. And he, we also had a, a big guy touchdown and a fullback touchdown. Yeah. Eric Fisher and Anthony Sherman. Yep. Former first Every, Everybody got the love last night. I think the only, uh, the only guys that didn't score a touchdown were uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Travis Kelsey, and Sammy Watkins. That's correct. Oh, no, did uh, Demarcus Robinson didn't score a touchdown either. He didn't even have a catch. Yeah, no. He had one but every, Everybody else, Tyreek Hill scored, Michael Hardman scored, Anthony Sherman scored, Eric Fisher scored, Patrick Mahomes scored. It was a good day if you're a yeah. fan of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. I think but, it's just uh, maybe, yeah. I think it's maybe another, another day in the office is, uh, is probably the better way of putting it. Yeah, this was one of those games where Lamar Jackson – it seems like he reverted back to 2018 form, his rookie season, where he just could not – he just couldn't do anything, it seems Well, like. he had said after the game that the Chiefs basically adopted exactly what the Tennessee Titans defense did to the Ravens in the playoffs. That Lamar Jackson basically said, yeah, the defense that the Chiefs played was exactly the same thing as the Titans played. So, copycat league. Yeah, well, then you're going to see a lot of teams doing that further and that's I mean I'm surprised that they didn't try to they didn't after that playoff loss that some would say embarrassing playoff loss to Tennessee I would say embarrassing yeah yeah that they wouldn't spend a lot of time in the offseason trying to figure out well these guys are going to try and do this to stop us we need to we need to find an answer uh, one would assume that they probably did and just have not been able to correct it because Let's face it, Mahomes and the Chiefs look like the only sort of kryptonite for uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. 
And, you know, people are talking about the Ravens being in the same class with the Chiefs. I don't think so. I think the Chiefs are just head and shoulders above everybody else. Well, I think this might be. See what I did there? See what I did there? Head and shoulders? Yes. Mahomes is sponsored by head and shoulders? Yes. I think this might this might turn I hope this doesn't turn into one of those things where it's like Philip Rivers can never beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. It might be. Where it might be. I am happen. I'm gonna be fascinated to see what Bill Belichick does to try and stop Mahomes next week. It's gonna be really, really fascinating. Well, we might end up seeing I, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna see. Because it, it just seems like the Chiefs, it's they. There are no answers at this point, and um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what to see, what what to expect here. But we will talk about that on Friday, certainly. And uh, yeah, so we got that out out of the way. But we're going to talk about Thursday night's absolute barn burner potential of uh, you know the game between the Jets and Broncos. Going to be wonderful. Cannot wait. Is it possible that we could just not talk about the game on Friday? <laughs> Uh, well, or you, you know, or you can give me the spark notes. <laughs> sure, I can give you the I can give you the cliff notes on Thursday. Thank night you so football. much. Oh my God, this game's gonna be bad. This game's gonna be absolutely terrible. Yeah, I'm very much debating because I mean, I, I'd have to go to like a different room than my room to watch it because I don't have cable here. In the in this in my room specifically, I don't have cable. I have to go into another room. I'm just like debating, not doing, just not even bothering. Because this game is going to be awful. I think the real question is for this game to make it as quick as possible. Who are you starting? <laughs> you know, I think, see, the interesting thing is that I think the Jets are going to get back some of their weapons. Um, Jameson Crowder is practicing, limited. That's good. That's good. George Fant is practicing, and Mekhi Becton are practicing. They're is there running. any update? Is there any update on uh, Le'Veon Bell? Uh, according to Rich Semini, there is none. None. Okay. None. But uh, Jeff right. Smith, who's another wide receiver, he's he come off the IR. And okay. Quincy Wilson, Jordan Jenkins, Ashton Davis, and Chris Hogan are all also limited. And they don't all really right, practice. So it's just walkthroughs for Thursday Night Football. All right, so you'll probably have Le'Veon Bell then missing this week, and then you would imagine that week five he would be back when it's a when you have that longer ten day resting period. Yeah, that Le'Veon Bell would probably be back for week five, if not week six against the Cardinals. Yeah, week five against the Cardinals, and then week six at Los Angeles. Right, that would probably be one of those games that I would think Le'Veon Bell would, would be back if that would even help. Honestly, I'm surprised we're not doing the Los Angeles games back to back. Because the Charger, we have to go to the to the Chargers in Week Six, and then we don't have to go to the. Oh, I guess it makes more sense because it's the Seahawks and the Rams. So at Seahawks, you play, and you play Rams. the Seahawks too. See, yeah. Well, it's the entire NFC West. Yikes! Good luck. Seahawks, Rams back to back. Oh boy. Yikes. The schedule's weird this year because the Jets. You, at Dal- so after this gauntlet. Of, of Cardinals, Chargers, Bills, Chiefs, Patriots. We get the Dolphins in two straight games, which is weird. That's very weird. And then uh, home against the Raiders, and then go to Seattle, go to Los Angeles, home against the Browns, and then we finish in Foxborough. 
as usual. I would, I would even say also, you know, when we're talking about who's worth starting, I think the Jets' defense might be an okay start. I don't know. I Maybe. listen. Have you watched this team? Yeah, I have, and I've also I also watched the Broncos' offense last week, and it looked awful. Well, they were against the the Bucks are a better defense than the Jets. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I don't know. I think it, if you're looking at really slim pickings, there are in terms of your waiver wire. Like if you have the Patriots, let's say, and you're not going to start the Patriots defense against the Kansas City Chiefs, and you dare like no other defenses on their on your waiver wire, then I guess the Jets in a, in a squeeze would be an okay play. Uh, the Broncos I do have as a top six play for this week. Um, Melvin Gordon I have as a top twenty play. That will change if Philip Lindsay comes back. Yeah, he's I think it'll be, it, it will be more of a of a split. So if Lindsay's out, I would say Gordon stays inside my top twenty. If Lindsay is in then Gordon would probably be on the borderline of an RB2 and a a high-end flex. Well, this is interesting. So uh, Vic Fangio said said today that Drew Locke may be ready to play in New England in Denver's next game after this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why they didn't put him on IR, because they believe that shoulder injury um, could could be healed quicker than the initial three-week timetable that doctors had given Drew Locke. So the Broncos just kind of said, you know what, well, it'll, it'll be a wait and see. Um, we'll continue to work him out, see how he is. And if he's ready to go in two weeks, instead of having to wait three with the IR, then you play him in two weeks. And he could be back when they go to uh, New England in uh, 10 days' time after Thursday. Yep. All right. So we're done with that. Let's move on to the waivers, which is actually – it's a – like you said, it's kind of kind of a big week, kind of not. Depends on your situation. Depends on the situation, yeah. I think one big ad, if he's not already, uh, Big Dick Nick, he's uh, available in 99 or 98.5% of fantasy leagues in ESPN. And, you know, he's going up against Indy, Indianapolis, just, uh, you know, christened as the new starter for the uh, for Chicago Bears. I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't think Nick Foles is a automatic must-have. I think he, if you're in a deep Superflex 2QB league, then yes, he should be added. Uh, if you're in a 14 or deeper, then maybe he should be added. But I think in a 12 or a 10, um, no, you don't need to be adding Nick Foles. I have Nick Foles just inside my top 25 for this week, okay. but he's not inside my top 20. So Do you like I, Jared Goff this week against the yes, Giants? Yes, Jared Goff is is the top streaming option of the week for me. I have him as a top ten play. He's available in fifty five or fifty four point three percent of ESPN. Fantasy yeah, he's week. he's a fantastic he's a fantastic start. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good call, Adam. Um, I guess this is where you ask me uh, what my top three waiver heads of the week are. <laughs> yes, this is this is the time. Um. Oh God. I mean, Jalen Hurts is getting some traction. Can you imagine? I'm oh, sure you... we talked. We talked about Carson Wentz yesterday. We talked about Carson Wentz on the Worryometer and um, the Worryometer. It's the a good worry-ometer, name for it. Yeah. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We had the worry worryometer. Uh, we had the how relevant are they ohmometer. No, the how relevant are they ometer. There we go. There we go. So it's, it's a bit of bit of a tongue twister. Uh, and and my personal favorite was the dropometer. The dropometer is good. I think the how relevant are they ometer is a bit is a bit forcing it, but I think the the other two okay. are really good. It's okay. This is you this take is, constructive this is, criticism. This is uh, this is this is low quality production here. We're all for we're all for low quality production as long as we are giving high quality facts. All right. So if we're going top three quarterbacks, um, I would probably say if I had to go my top three QB ads of the week of qualified guys under fifty percent owned, I would probably say. Well, Jared Goff is one, and Baker he's owned in forty-five percent of leagues. Um, no, no, I'm not crazy about Baker. Uh, I think, I think Kirk Cousins would be number two, and then uh, probably Nick Foles number three, just out of necessity. It's not really a great week for quarterbacks to stream given the lack of availability of a lot of the the top streamers. And this is a tough schedule this week for a lot of guys. I would say, you know, if I'll push the threshold a little bit, I will say if Joe Burrow was available or Gardner Minshew, if they're both available, I think that they are great streams, uh, but they don't qualify here because Gardner Minshew is owned in 68% of leagues. Joe Burrow owned in about 62. Uh, Daniel Jones, I'm staying away from Baker Mayfield. If you're in a bind, I guess against Dallas, who's, who's, who's bled points. So I, I, I mean, I guess if you have to, um, I mean, maybe Justin Herbert too. garbage time wise. He looked okay. Um, but he did look like a rookie. So how is that yeah, injury it, that he was having? Uh, he's fine. Okay. He's fine. He just got, he got banged up a little bit, but he came back and he, uh, he was fine. I would say my top three, you know, it, out of all the qualified guys would be Jared Goff one, Kirk cousins, two, and Nick Foles, three. All right. So let's move on to the running backs. A uh, couple Patriots here. You have uh, James White and Rex Burkhead, who, well, James White is actually, he's available in our league, but he's rostered in 69% of leagues. Nice, but he's not. Nice. Yeah. But uh, he doesn't qualify. But, I mean, he's still a good play. Um, Rex Burkhead's available, who had a really good game. Uh, last week against Las Vegas, Chase Edmonds looks like a solid start or pickup. He's only he's owned in twenty eight percent of leagues going up against uh, the Panthers, who are ranked thirty first against uh, running backs. And um, if Chris Carson is going to be either limited or missing time, Carlos Hyde's also a very worthy worthy add. Yeah, my top three for the position this week are are pretty straightforward. Um, my number one ad, and he's my number one ad for this week, period, is Jeff Wilson Jr., the running back for the San Francisco 49ers. He's owned in about 19% of leagues. My number two is Carlos Hyde. And then my number three is Brian Hill, the backup for Todd Gurley in Atlanta. So, um, really? Oh, yeah. I always thought yeah. it was Edo Smith, but I guess it is Brian Hill. 
Now, Brian Hill had a long touchdown. He looked really good. He is, I mean, some would say he looked better than, uh, than Todd Gurley did. So, um, yeah, I think Brian Hill is a really nice exploratory ad, and he is available in about 98% of leagues. So uh, I think that he's a, he's a very, very, very good ad. Uh, if you can get your hands on him, um, I would also be on the lookout for Miles Gaskin as well. I mean, he does not necessarily qualify in my eyes. I mean, he should be owned, but if he's not, then I think Miles Gaskin would leapfrog at least Carlos Hyde as the number two waiver wire option of the week, and he should be pretty widely owned uh, if he's not already. Um, I would even go and say, as I'm just kind of going through here um, and looking at some some guys that are potentially available, I'm not really crazy about Rex Burkhead. I mean, we talked about this uh, on Monday's program where I, I'm just not sold that Rex Burkhead is going to be a consistent guy week in and week out. So, um well, if James if White you're comes a, back, I don't think he's going to have. Yeah, if you, yeah. yeah, it's exactly what we said. I mean, if you're in a bind, then I guess Burkhead could be okay, but I, I don't want to rely on him. So, I mean, if you have someone in a deeper league that could see 30 points from Rex Burkhead and really want to buy into that, and you sell high, you sell high if you have Rex Burkhead and you you get rid of him and you get something good out of it. Uh, Frank Gore. I think he's a fine uh, ad if he's available. Uh, he's been getting somewhere in the range of about – he's been averaging about 17, 18 carries in the uh, two weeks that he's been the starter for the Jets. So um, I think he's all right. It was and, probably your last week of really getting some useful production out of Frank Gore just because yes. I think Le'Veon Bell is probably going to come back. Odds are long yes. Week, after the mini buy. Yeah, and I would even say – Anthony McFarland as well it could be an interesting ad given he had six carries um, on Sunday when when you had Benny Snell that really wasn't necessarily getting the run as the number two. So I think that's that's, that's kind of the dilemma that we have now with the with the Steelers backfield outside of James Conner is who is that number two guy? Who's the guy that's behind James Conner? And for me, it should be Benny Snell, but McFarland looked looked really good on Sunday. So, uh, you know, those are, those are two guys that I think, you know, you should be uh, in terms of handcuffs, you know, you should be looking at if you, if you're a James Conner owner is uh, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland. My question is, how do you think, uh, do you think Cordero Patterson is going to fill in? How do you think he's going to fill in with for Tariq Cohen now? You know, it's a very, it's a very good question. I think, and I think in deeper leagues, I think he's worth potentially a flyer. I, I, I do because they need someone to back up David Montgomery. I don't think that Matt Nagy is going to be giving David Montgomery 20, 25 touches a game. I, I just don't. So, um, you know, Cordero Patterson, he could be a really nice ad. And, you know, you just see what you really have. I don't think I would be really gunning for Cordero Patterson and non-PPR, but in PPR, yeah. Yeah, I think he could be a, a good ad in 12 and 14 team leagues. Yeah. Who else you, who is even – it's Ryan Null. Who is the other one? The other running yep. back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Cordero Patterson's gonna is is the backup. So there you go. Yeah, un- unless they go out and sign somebody. Yeah, I don't know who. He, well, now that Devontae Freeman's off the market, that's my that was my go to. I don't know who else is on the uh, on the free agent running back market. Yeah, that was that was that was your go to guy. Every running back injury. What about Devontae Freeman? Devontae Freeman's available, but now he sucks with the Giants. He sucked with the Giants. So what are you gonna do? Exactly. 
Um, DeAndre Washington, Rob Kelly, Byron Marshall, Jonathan Williams. Marshawn Lynch. Spencer Ware. These guys might all also be retired. Basically nobody. Basically nobody. Deontay Foreman. What a a name. That's a name. Oh, Deontay Foreman. Yeah. He's on the – He's on the Titans practice squad, practice squad right now, actually. So he's not a free agent. Well, they can sign him off the the Titans practice squad. Buck Allen is also available. Oh, right. Yeah. You're just just digging. You're digging for something right now. I really am. It's, it's, it's what it is. All these players, uh, 0% ownership, just about. Oh, actually down to your Washington as a 0.3% ownership. 0.3. That's the only one. Anyway, so let's move on to uh, the wide receivers. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot more at the wide receiver spot this week than there is at the running backs. Well, I think that I don't know. We didn't. Did we talk about uh, Adam Humphreys last week? I, uh, I believe we did. Yeah. So I think I. I mean, listen, AJ Brown's probably still going to be out with that bone bruise, uh, looking worse than we thought than they thought is kind of the vibe that I was getting from looking at the uh, injury reports. So I think that, you know, Adam Humphreys had an okay game last week and, you know, 8.1 points. But I think going up against Pittsburgh, it might, it might be pretty solid, especially if he's going to get an increased role with A.J. Brown uh, still on the mend. I do have some breaking news uh, for you. Um and I guess this kind of ties back into the running back segment. Um, if Darrell Henderson is available, go pick up Darrell Henderson because he is in line to be the starter week four against the Giants. Oh, boy. Yeah, so he could be a really, really good ad for teams that are really looking for uh, for running back depth. Yeah, I mean, Adam Humphreys, he, he's safe. He's a, he's a low floor sort of option. I would say medium floor. But, you know, you're really counting on him to score. If uh, he's going to return any sort any sort of value, um, he does not even crack uh, my top ten waiver wire ads at the at the position for uh, for this week when uh, even he's owned in only six percent of leagues and he's available in ninety four. So um, I'm not really interested in uh, Adam Humphreys for this week. My top three are Justin Jefferson is number one, Brandon Ayuk is number two, and Scotty Miller is number three of the Minnesota Vikings, San Francisco 49ers, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, respectively. Jefferson, Ayuk, and Scotty Miller. I think it's I think it's pretty easy for me. And then another guy I think you could even go and consider adding would be Alshon Jeffrey, who looks like he could be back Sunday night versus the 49ers. And we all know that the Philadelphia Eagles need pass catchers, and they need pass catchers bad. So... I think Alshon Jeffrey, you know, for as much as we've uh, talked slander about Alshon Jeffrey on this podcast, um, he could be someone that, do I dare say, pans out and could be a high-level flex for you most weeks, especially given the lack of pass catchers, like I said, in Philadelphia. I mean, that's just a barren wasteland for guys that catch the football right now, and people are so scared and and saying, you know, what the hell's wrong with Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz, nobody to throw the ball to. It, it's kind of like Sam Darnold, that he just has nobody to throw the ball to. And, yep. you know, that, that hurts a quarterback at the end of the day. So, um, yeah, Alshon Jeffrey, I really, really, really believe 
Um, he could be a really good contributor for fantasy rosters that definitely need an influx of talent at the wide receiver position. Uh, LaVisca should know. Uh, he could definitely be a worthwhile ad. We talked about Traquan Smith. He could be a worthwhile ad as well. Andy Isabella, two touchdowns for the Arizona Cardinals this week. He could be a worthwhile ad. Hunter Renfro, we talked about him on Monday. I just don't think that he is going to really be fantasy relevant. I think he just took the opportunity that was given to him with no Henry Ruggs. So I think he's best off on your waiver wire. But if you're looking for a guy that can potentially do a job, then he can maybe. And then Cedric Wilson, that's the other big-time waiver wire ad that a lot of people probably will go and try and look at. I'm not interested in Cedric Wilson just because he is the sixth passing option in Dallas outside of the top three receivers, Ezekiel Elliott and Dalton Schultz. Yeah, he's number six. So why are people even looking at it, looking his way? Because he had two touchdowns. Oh, well, you know, that's typical fantasy knee-jerk shit. Well, yeah, he had two touchdowns against the Seahawks. So, So? of course, he's going to be – talked about of course people are going to go and add him but here we are this is what we're doing you know we're telling people what they should and what they shouldn't be doing and i'm telling you do not go and add cedric wilson because he'll probably not have a game like that ever again it's yeah well that's what i'm saying you know you gotta you gotta try and figure out what's knee-jerk and what's like legit for fantasy football that's really what separates the pros from the amateurs yeah yeah that's about right because i mean listen if I were, if you were being very knee jerk, we would tell you to pick up Anthony Sherman because he caught a touchdown, true. In Kansas City, but very he's true. like the fifth option for Kansas City's offense. Yep, fourth or fifth, whatever. Actually, probably fifth because it's Hardman, Watkins, Hill, and Kelsey, and then Sherman. Oh no, sixth. Then Hilaire. I would probably say it's Tyreek Hill one, Kelsey two, Clyde three, Hardman four, Robinson five. Watkins six, and then you could throw Anthony Sherman in there at the end. So he's probably like number seven. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to put like Darwin Thompson or Daryl Williams in there as well, so he's probably like the ninth or tenth in line. But you put Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher in there as well. You've got to throw Eric Fisher in there. Yeah. You know, he was the number one overall pick, don't you know? True. True. And Adam, while we are on the subject of wide receivers, we did not get the opportunity to celebrate this yesterday. The double immaculate stat line. Love that. Two catches, two yards, two touchdowns for Mike Evans. Yes. My question for you, as I'm looking at at the waiver situation for our ESPN league, what's going on with T. Higgins? What's What's the upside for him? His upside is number three receiver in Cincinnati. Okay. With John Ross being a healthy scratch, it looks like that Zach Taylor wants to go ahead and give and give T. Higgins the opportunity to, to prove his stuff. And he had a really good game. So I would continue to monitor that. I don't know if, like I said, I don't have him inside my top five waiver ads of the week, but he's someone that I think people can go ahead and, and continue to monitor and see if there is any real consistency when it comes to T. Higgins. So yeah, he, he, he could be an exploratory ad. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it. All right, next is the tight ends. And hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Yeah? You know who else had an immaculate stat line? Hayden Hurst. 
What team does Hayden Hurst play for? He plays for the Atlanta Falcons. You know who used to play for the Atlanta Falcons? Who used to play for the Atlanta Falcons? Logan Paulson. Hayden Hurst is following in the footsteps of one great person, Logan Paulson. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Man, I miss Logan Paulson. Yeah. I just miss on Sundays watching Logan Paulson score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown from the one-yard line and having one reception, one yard, and a touchdown. And just going absolute ape shit, knowing the next day I'd be going on a podcast and I'd be able to just say, Logan Paulson, one yard, one reception, and one touchdown. That is where the immaculate, that's where the immaculate stat line was born out of Logan Paulson. It's a, it's amazing. Everybody loves that. Jimmy Graham, I think, is the is the king of the immaculate stat line. The goal line he touchdown. Might he might be. Man, if well, if, I think there might be a new king of the immaculate stat line, considering well, the yes. immaculate stat line was just blown out of the water by the double immaculate stat line. Yes, so that's true. Mike, Mike Evans, Evans may be the king of that now. But Jimmy Jimmy Graham, he he's been looking solid. He has three touchdowns so far. And, I mean, it looked like at the goal line, Nick Foles and Trubisky were just looking his way, like, all the time. Yeah, yeah. But he's not, he's not in my top three for the position this week. I didn't at, think he would be. I think tight end. I, I'm going to guess uh, Ross Dwelly will be in your, in your top no, three. No? No, sir. Nope. No, because I think George Kittle is going to play. Okay. So – my top three for the week, it is Logan Thomas at number three, Eric Ebron at number two, and Mo Alley-Cox at number one. All right. Yeah, shame about what happened to Jordan Reed. Can you say you're surprised? No, I'm not. The turf right. monster of MetLife claimed another victim. That's Jordan Reed. Fair. <laughs> Fair. If it wasn't at MetLife, it was going to be somewhere else. You know, it was really nice while it lasted being was- able to just give credit to Jordan Reed. I just I feel terrible for this because Jordan Reed, if he wasn't injured, he could, he could probably be one of the best tight ends in the league if he wasn't injured. You're not wrong. Every season he's had, it seems like he has been cut short by injuries. You're not wrong. And wow, wow, But anyway, so yes, that's actually not a bad. That's not a bad shout for Eric Ebron. I guess it seems that. You know, Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin are the only guys in Washington's offense that are worth really looking at. Yeah, Logan Thomas is more of like a deep league sort of deal. I don't think you can go – I don't think he's really worth getting in 10-team leagues. But um, if you're looking at Ebron or Mo Cox, yes, they are 100, 100% worth worth adding in 10-team leagues, 100%. Bill loves his tight ends. Yes, he does. Loves his tight ends. He's made he does. one one actual Hall of Famer, probably, and one potential Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. In Antonio Gates and Hunter Henry. When is Antonio Gates eligible for the Hall of Fame anyway? Um, I think three years or four years. Well, I guess since he, he didn't he retired last year or two years ago. Right. So then he would have four years till eligibility. Well, there you go. Well, he's definitely going to make it because he, yeah. he is a yeah, he'll be, Hall of Fame tight end. He'll be first ballot. Yeah. All right. So, and then for the defenses, 
Uh, I'm pretty shocked that the Rams defense is available <laughs> in our league. It's widely available. I guess after since people knew that they were going to start going up against the Bills, they were dropped. But uh, yeah, the Rams defense is, is a great, 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 great ad because Daniel Jones is at it again with the turnovers and the fumbles all the time. Yeah. Yeah, this really, it really isn't a great week for streaming defenses. That's the problem. Um, I would say if the, if the Colts defense is available, I think they're a good stream. I think the Bengals defense could be in deep, 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 deep leagues in a bind. Deeper than the Jets, the Bengals could be that is pretty startable. Deep. I just want no part of that game. No part. I think this is one of those things where all the, te- all the teams that are playing against shitty teams, all the defenses that are playing against shitty teams are themselves shitty. Yeah. I would say the top three ads for the week for me are the Rams number one, the Broncos number two, and the Kansas City Chiefs number three going really? up against New England. You yeah. think that's a good defensive play? I think it's a good defensive play in a bind, yes. Relative, I guess relative to what, what's going on. They, they make plays, the Chiefs defense. Yeah, and they I, do. They're not the most talented unit in the world, but they just find a way to make plays. And people have to also put into their heads, this is not Tom Brady anymore as the quarterback for the Patriots. It's a whole, it's a whole new sort of attack. So would I want to start the Chiefs? No. But – if they're the only option out there and, you know, you think you can get some points out of them, then, yeah, you, you go ahead and start them. Uh, do you like the Seahawks defense going up against the Dolphins? If they're available, I highly doubt they are. But if they are, yeah. Well, they're, uh, they're rostered in 26.2% of leagues. Okay, then, leagues. I, then I take that back. Yeah. Then I take that back. Then, yeah, the Seahawks would be my number three defense. Well, there you go. Against Miami. Yeah. I, t- I take that back. Good good call, Adam. So, yeah, it would be the Rams, number one, Broncos, number two, and then the Seattle Seahawks, number three. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Amazon. The name is just the Basement Talk Podcast. You can find the Fantasy Show. You can find the Vanilla Basement Talk Podcast as well as the Quizvitational. So on Friday, we will be previewing Sunday's action as per usual and talking about the, oh God, terrible Jets, Broncos, Thursday Night Football extravaganza. And hopefully, hopefully there's going to be some breaking news that Adam Gaze will be fired out of a trebuchet or put into the stockade or something like that. Some sort of, some sort of thing will happen where he is no longer the coach of the, of the Jets. But... From your mouth to God's ears. A man can dream. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor, and we will talk to you on Friday on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.